anything. Lay Miz or anything? Real things. That's how it's supposed to be. Right? Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, we are covering This is 40, right. and y- you can say it, Les, Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. The Wretched. Right. The Unwanted. The Miserable. The Miserable. The Les Miserables. Yeah, Okay. So it which <laughs> is makes for like uh, miserables. If you if you're listening in and we have to say again thanks to all of right. our listeners and uh, you know the last few weeks have really been great yeah. and especially the live listeners which I was kind of surprised I thought the live listeners would kind of only go up so much or right. or something they just keep going and really cool. and maybe the podcast listeners I don't know I just don't even though you know I sought out Blog Talk Radio mm-hmm. as a way to do this to be live. Right, but then I actually didn't figure live you know, would be a big thing. Yeah, right. I don't know. Anyway. We thought initially it would be a lot of podcasts and listening later, but, but it is super cool that we have live listeners and the phone lines are open. Right. You can call in if you have a question or a comment or anything about either of these movies or anything holiday. You know, you can ask or sure any of the other movies right. coming out or or just anything at all really about movies or Stump even us, the, past, the past the <laughs> past movies ask us that anything. we've done. This yeah. would be awesome. If you tuned in last week and thought we <laughs> were crazy. Talk. Right. By the way, <laughs> someone calls exactly. up like, "Hey, my Subaru's kind of shifty." I'm like, "I I don't know." Yeah. Uh, and uh, for you. actually, your, your review, somebody could call in about The Hobbit and say right. that we're crazy because neither one of us loved it. Yeah. So, you know, if you have your thoughts on The Hobbit, that's really cool. Good. The chat room is also open. Yep. And uh, your rating apparently for The Hobbit has gotten even worse since last week. That's what I, I heard in the text. <laughs> few days after we did the show, yeah, all of a sudden. I, I just, I didn't. And if you didn't tune in, right, she, um, right. I gave it three stars. Yeah, you gave it two stars. Right. And and then a couple days later, and, and neither one of us talked a blue. whole lot about yeah, positive stuff yeah, anyway. Right, right. right. So we were kind of focusing on the negatives, even right. though I liked it a little bit more than you. I was just as guilty of that anyway, uh, yeah. kind of focusing on the things that I didn't like. But there were a lot of things that I liked. But then a couple yeah. days later, now you're texting me going, it sucks. <laughs> I'm changing my review. I hate it. I hate that movie. And I, just, I had more time to think about it. And it, bugged <laughs> it, got, me. it just bugged me even more. That's why we get the instant reactions. Right. So, so yeah, if you want to call in and uh, have your comment or question about anything, we would love to have you call in. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll talk to somebody about the show. And they'll say, do you still feel that way? Because there are times where right. we'll reference something. And more often than not, when we see something, I, I'll i get sweeter on it. You know, if I'm like, right. I was only three or two and a half, it was average. And then later I'm like, you know what? I actually think I like that a lot more now right. that I've had a few days. It's not often that it just keeps going down. Right. You know, every once in a while, like a total recall or something that I'm really irritated yeah. at. But this was one that I just randomly out of the blue texted you like <laughs> Tuesday morning. I'm like, right. man, the hunter really sucks. It's funny too, actually. Now that and um, you were like, you were like trying to be the best devil's advocate, but you were just not into it. You're like, no, it didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it did. It totally did. And here's why. And you're like, fine. Harry Potter. So yeah. Well, then I asked you if I was going to change your star ratings, and you said whatever, none. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> change it right. to whatever you no, want. I don't good. care. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> Man. you know, it's funny though. Um, just doing the show versus you know just being a movie critic for right. over a decade, right? When I review movies and and when I'm writing the reviews and when I'm kind of more focused on a movie as something that I'm going to do the show on versus something that we're not going to cover and I'm just going to write the review. Right. And then like several months go by, right? The ones that I actually do the review, yeah. there's really very little change, I feel like, in, yeah. in any of my position on how I like the movie, right? Right. Once in a while, something will come come along that it's you know when it comes out on dvd i'll go eh, you know i better watch that again and yeah see what one more look. maybe yeah. i'll change a little bit or something like that mm-hmm. and you get like this distance of time and then you go maybe i really was just too hard in a bad it, mood or, that right. day or, maybe, or whatever yeah, right. right or too much of a good mood but know. now that we've done the show long enough 
it seems like it's a very different thing yeah. than than just reviewing the movies. And I'll look back <laughs> at at several movies, <laughs> but mostly it's for the worse. Yeah. And not for the better. There aren't very many movies that I'm looking right. back on the shows that we've done that I go, you know, I like that a little more than I right. did before. Usually, right. the, the ones that have changed, I'm like, I hate that movie now, too. <laughs> I, I want to give that like right. a one when right. I gave it a three That's maybe funny. or something. I don't know. Something about the trying not to tear the movies apart for a really yeah. long time and write the review. Right. And I don't know. It just... <laughs> Makes a difference, I guess. So um, anyway, we don't really have anything to cover this week, no. I think. Um, we could maybe throw out next week, if you're going to be tuning in, I think what we're going to be doing next week, and this could change slightly, we'll be covering uh, Django Unchained yeah. and Promised Land. Probably both of those, again. Yeah. We'll, as As we get to the end of the year, we're probably going to have several more than one movie weeks. Right. Leading into stuff like when we get into January and do like best films and yeah. stuff like that, but it's it's just you know now everything wants to come out at the same and time a lot, a lot and of stuff. <laughs> right so all stuff. of the stuff that's like you know which is why we got uh, Les Misérables right. right now. Right. Um, so I think we can just jump into it. Do you, yeah. do you have a preference on which we do first? I was kind of thinking. No, I, I was I kind of thinking it would be interesting now that we have these two. Totally different. They're movies. really, yeah. They could not be like farther apart from each other. Right. Which of these is going to end up getting the time and yeah. attention and stuff? And and it could go either way. It, it could. It depends so. on the conversation, which is part of the fun of the show. Right. You know, where, know. where do we talk about? I think, how do we get there? I think we should do this is forty first because I don't know what your okay. reaction is. And this is a very different week because we have two movies where we right. really don't have a lot of information on each other. Reaction. Right. Except that last week during the show, I, I <laughs> gave my reaction to this is 40 already. Well, remind people it dro- drove me crazy. Yeah. Mostly there were some parts we can just do this 41st. So yeah. this is Judd Apatow's uh, sequel to knocked up. Right. And it's just basically we've gone on a little ways and now people are 40. And the movie starts off with, you know, I'm not 40. Right, <laughs> There's a right, lot of, right. I'm not really 40 and it's birthdays it. and, you know, whatever. And there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is, I think, just sort of we're trying to almost non-cliche a lot of things by focusing on all these cliche things. Somehow it's like there are, you know, if you were just thinking about the movie is about being 40 and we're trying to be a little funny mm-hmm. and you said, OK, so what are the problems this couple's going to have? What are the things they're going to be talking about? That's all the things that you get in the movie pretty right. much. I mean, that's that's what happens in the movie, except that we're kind of trying to go. Look, this is real, and you know it's sort of like cliches are cliches for a reason, right? Kind of a argument, you know. Right. There's a grain it, of truth in all it, of these it's things. It's because and... it's because this is what happens that right. it's the cliche, and right. now we'll look at them from kind of a little bit different perspective, right? Whatever. So as we uh, as we get into the movie, we're we're turning forty, <laughs> and. There were some points in this movie that I thought were kind of funny. Okay. But overall, I had a hard time watching it. And it's a, it's a long it, movie it for rough. this type right, for this is. type of movie. And again, it's not like it's not like this uh, you know, slow boiling kind of family dynamic drama. This is supposed to be a, you know, kind of raucous, kind of raunchy comedy. Right. Chad Apatow was known for that kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's like two hours and 15 minutes long. Right. So there's a lot of room if it's not funny to be kind of hard. You know, it's kind of that thing. I talked about this last week, but it is, you know, I made this reference to Gilbert Gottfried and this stand-up thing that he did about (laughs) a certain kind of comedian that Gilbert Gottfried obviously is not. Right. And that. Jerry Seinfeld and many other comedians. It's not like it's just Seinfeld. No, he's, it's not he's just he's like the, the giant name. He's the guy right? that you think of for the observation. But there, there are a <laughs> lot of exactly like these observational stand-up comedians right. who really it's kind of like they say, so there's this, and you go, oh, yeah, that happened to me too, and so that's funny. Right. And And that's really 
all of the comedy is just noticing things that happen to everyone and going, you know, don't you hate it when this happens? And then everyone goes, boy, that does happen to me. So then that's funny. Right. And it's funnier than that, but <laughs> it's, right, yeah. it's funnier than trying to describe it. Yeah. And and basically Judd Apatow is like the director of that. I mean, he's yeah. the he's the filmmaker of that's the brand of humor that I'm going to focus on. Right. And it's the same with the other one. I mean, it's the same in as in Knocked Up. That's basically the exact same kind of comedy that we're having. Right. Except that at least in Knocked Up it was funnier i thought uh, I, that was one thing that i was going to ask you did you think knocked up was funnier than this is 40 or the other I way around if you had I to put them in a hierarchy i did love knocked up yeah but it what there were a lot more parts that were funny and a lot less parts that i was going how much longer do i have to watch this right i still didn't really love it and it's just not my kind of humor i guess to just you know, there's a certain part where he he mixes in a little bit of you know almost like like jackass humor. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, yeah. like it, Paul it, Rudd has his legs in the right. air, going, you know, look at my ass. It's funny you've decided this is and the it, example, and it's just supposed to be you know, ha ha, look how mm-hmm. ridiculous and and crazy that is, and right. so then it's funny, right? Which might be funny for like a couple of seconds, right? Except that you know it's like a minute long. There's, scene there's, a, there's a yeah. He doesn't know when a scene should stop or end, and sometimes there's an idea in in recent comedic kind of turns where the comedy is in the awkwardness of the extension of right. something, where you have somebody who's just like sitting there and they're just awkward. It's usually a Steve Carell or a, a, a character right. like this who just right. keeps it's like carrying the, uh, the awkwardness of a 40-year-old virgin. Right, or and, it, and, like that. and that is funny to them. And it's funny sometimes, but it's not always funny. It, you it, know, it's not like this thing that's a guaranteed laugh. And Yeah, and, those sort of things are, you know, really precise comedy. Yeah. You know, you have to get it exactly right. There's right. a lot of kinds of comedy where you can come pretty close yeah. and it's still funny. And right. it, it, maybe you didn't do that perfectly, but it's still funny. It's still funny. But some of it, like this kind of stuff, is is very exact. And yeah. uh, you know who's good at a lot of stuff in this area, I guess, is like, you know, you could put like a Will Ferrell into a role where you're going to be doing these sorts of things right. where it's like, you know, something kind of funny and awkward happens and it could just be over. Right. But what's even funnier is that we watch Will Ferrell keep doing right. it. Right. Right. But you know, we watch Paul Rudd keep doing it and you're yeah. going, and yeah. is yeah. there something else? But there's also a lot a lot going on in this movie where we're going for a different kind of laugh where we have huge scenes that all try to come together into something that's funny, but not really in a, like, you'll laugh out loud kind of funny way. Right. And when those go wrong, right, then you've really got nothing. There's yeah. a lot of parts where, um, so Paul Rudd has, like, started his own record label, yep. which I thought just in itself was actually pretty funny. Because he started a record label mm-hmm. of let's get all the people who no one cares about anymore and have them release new albums. Right. And I thought that was hilarious yeah. in itself. Just and especially when he starts talking about um, you know, the different ones that they've put out already and he right. starts naming people and bands and stuff and yeah. like well, you know, the haircut one hundred one did pretty good, <laughs> yeah, but right. blah blah blah, right? Yeah. And he's he's now got you know his new project that he's working on, but that's his whole record label, and you know he only has a couple of people working for him, right. and and they kind of know better than he does that he's wasting his money and right. and <laughs> like the uh, big neon sign in the office that was funny that was that funny. was a good part right. But there's a lot of the stuff that happens connected to that where we're just going through this and it's almost like, you know, Judd Apatow just, I don't know, has like read too much of his own press or something. We got a caller. We do. Look at this. That's crazy. All right. We're going to change a couple things here to take this. So nice.
Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hey, guys. This is um, this is Brian Fernandez calling in from Miami, Florida. Hey, Brian. I see you're in the, the chat room, too. Yeah. Um, I heard um, I heard that you guys are going over the movie This Is 40, and um, and you guys are going over uh, Les Miserables, you know. Yeah. For, yep. for me, for, for me personally, I am a I am a fan of all these musical movies. Um, I was at Phantom of the Opera to see it live and to see the movie. I went to go see the uh, the musical of the of the Miz, and you know, and I heard that you guys are going to be talking about the movie. So, you know, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to go on in on that if you guys wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. No, that's cool. Alrighty. Um, did you have like a question about it, or just yeah, like... I did. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, you know, I I find it like I find it really weird that it's like, that it's already getting like Oscar nominated, and it's like you know, and it's getting all of these things. I mean, do you think do you think that that it was just that it was because of like the director or like this or like the way the movie was portrayed, or or how do you guys think it was? It's a, it's a good question. I actually think that when something like this comes out, you know, at the end of the year, which is Oscar prime bait season, and it's this big sweeping beloved tale, either Broadway or, you know, from a novel that everyone loves. It's got a huge history. It's got a huge built-in impact factor already to it. And as long as, you know, you know, as long as you don't fumble it, you you just you know put your head down and try to do it as good as you can and you've already got such a built-in audience for it and and I think I think there's a lot to be said just in that regard um even before like even watching the film I'm like well of course Les Mis is going to be up for all these different awards just based on the history of it the the gravity of it and of course right. why not why not make it you know there's there's no reason not to it's making tons and tons of money on Broadway it's it's probably well over the time that it should have had for making into a movie. Right. When when you're on the really big awards too, like if you're talking about the Oscars and you're talking about you know the big awards like director, best picture, best actor, and stuff like right. that, you've already got so many people in the Academy who get to vote. Right. Who are gonna love this movie even yeah. before they see it? Sure. That are just gonna go hooray! They're making this movie. Right. Right. And probably, you know, that are in some way connected to the production, not even that they necessarily worked on it, right. but no, like but they know somebody who yeah. does, or they've they've seen parts of it before it's other a, people. I mean, it's yeah. such a big thing. That's a good point because it's such a huge thing, and it's been it's been running forever. You know, at some point in your life, you've probably had some real direct contact with it. Either you were in it somewhere. Or like you said, somebody you know, you you're related to, they're working on it. You know, you've got some tie to it. So right. it just it reminds me of when Chicago came out, and yeah. everybody was just nuts about seeing it, and they didn't they didn't mess it up. So of course it was already built in. You know, great they've they've had months and years of running this thing. You right. know, to find out what works with audiences and what doesn't, and let's just film it. Right. And, and I if, know that sounds so ridiculously easy. Like, hey, let's no, just yeah. film it. And if, but if really, that's those, it. You know, if you're one of those people who doesn't have that direct connection, well, then you saw Les Mis on Broadway and you loved it, right. so you just want to love it. Right. So. And you want to see, you know, Hugh Jackman in, you know, the role, or you want to see, you know, it, it was actually kind of interesting to see those guys and to, to typically I'm not a big fan of movies that are sung through, you know, a movie yeah. that is, if not, you know, if that doesn't make a lot of sense, it's a movie where there's really no dialogue. Everything that's said to each other is done through lyrical, right. uh, lyrical use. And although it's funny when every once in a while there was maybe they four don't. or five lines, right. they literally just say their line. Um, but this was, this was interesting to see the story kind of unfold. Uh, wait, did, did Brian, did you get to see this yet? Um, I did. I did get to see. Um, I did get to see um, bits and pieces of it. Um, I was over in uh, La, in Los Angeles when they when they released it. So yeah. Um, and I got and I got to see it. Um, and let me tell you this: it was very, it was very well, very well directed, very well. The characters were like the characters and like the whole music went went very went very great together. I mean, I personally. Thought it was one of the best movies that I've ever seen. Second was, second this year was Dark Knight Rises. So, I mean, I mean if it, if it's a movie that it's like 
if it's for like fan bases all over, it's one of those movies that you would want to see like like any time of the year, whether it would be Christmas or Halloween or whatever. Right. I, per- nice. I I thought it I thought it was a I thought it was a fantastic movie. Nice. That's cool. I'm glad you liked yeah, it. Yeah, that is cool. I thought you were going the other way with that. I thought you were like yeah. him or me. Him. Oh, I, yeah. I thought I thought you, I thought you were going to say you didn't like it. Right. So why is it getting? Oh, why is it all getting this made great all the press print, yeah. and everything? It was um, to kind of answer the question more too. It was like at festivals and stuff. It's not it, like it's not it, just it's not recently like, out. It's been right, out, it's not yeah. like nobody has seen it until like right. just now. So it did get a lot of press from things like that. Um, I don't think it was at Toronto, but. It, I can't remember. It's been at um, it's been it's, it's been, been at a couple up. of things. So. One thing that's really you know tricky with something like uh, you know Les Mis is that the source material. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen Victor Hugo's book. You know, the thing is a mammoth brick. It is so huge, right. and to whittle it down to cut out, you know, to try to focus and 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 feature the the stuff that's important in telling the story, moving it along, is not easy. You know right. that thing goes everywhere. I've never read it, but well, and I, I think I know enough about it. I think part it. of the thing that this could easily get like a big push behind it that you know people are going to be talking about it all year long, and so it's obviously going to be on right. people's mind when they're voting for awards and stuff. Right. Is that uh, during production? You know, the story was <clears throat> that we were going to really try to stick really close to exactly what happens in the Broadway in the play, play yeah. and just make the film out of that and right. have big giant production to it and right. everything. So people who saw the Broadway play were like, well, okay, I, I like that then. Yeah. I mean, right. It know, appeals to me. I'm in. Like you said, it's, it's kind of like as long as nobody really butchers anything, just don't mess it then up. I, then yeah. I know I like it. Right. So then they're going to want to vote it, for it. I'll tell you when I started and I don't know if Brian, you, you had this kind of reaction when I, you know, when I was watching it, I was, I was kind of not ready for the first 15 minutes. You know, I didn't right. know how it was going to start. Right. And when it when it picked up and it started moving like this amazing Hugh Jackman kind of scene and then, you know, Russell Crowe's in it and all these, you know, this amazing opening. I was like, wow, actually, I've got to really dig in and pay attention because this is going to be something really interesting to see. So right. I was really impressed with just the start of it. And even if it had started slow, you know, I know it's Les Mis. You gotta, you're going to get some respect for it. But I didn't have to worry about that. The way it, the way it started, I, it had me right away. I felt the same. I felt the same way too. I mean, I mean, at first, you know, at first, like the fifteen minutes was just like, you know, was just something that I was gonna be like, eh, this is gonna be one of those movies. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna fall asleep for <laughs> the first fifteen minutes of it. Yeah. Then, as soon as it started to pick up, I was, you know, I was getting more interested, and then. Like the entire theater was just like singing along with the with the music. I'm like, wow, oh, yeah, that can I mean, be good or bad. That right, that would be interesting <laughs> to see. Like, see it in a, a theater. And I'm jumping ship for a that. second, and there's a pun in there if you've seen Les Mis. But it, I'm so happy that my worst fear of the Hobbit never came came true. <laughs> and nobody sang, which along. is no one started singing as soon as the Deep Elves singing, song. I know it. I looked at you. I was but. so I was so mad that that was a possibility, but uh, I I'm not surprised to hear that Les Mis is kind of this you know interactive thing where people have seen it and they love these songs, especially right. Dream a Dream. You know, right. I I can't imagine people aren't humming it or just singing right along to it. Right. And, it's not like you haven't heard it ten thousand right. times no matter what. Right. Um, did you have anything else for us, Brian? Um. Yeah, there was there was one other there was one other thing that I wanted to that I wanted to ask you guys. I mean, you know, seeing as though, you know, seeing as though like you guys said that it, that this is like an all star cast. I mean, do you think do you think that just because like the characters were portrayed this way it means that it can be, you know, they can be known for like all around the world for like a long time just because that they were that they made this this musical phenomenon into this movie. Well, I don't know. They're all, they're all pretty known already. Um, Do you mean like they'll be known for doing this, or that they were known before? Yeah, yeah. That I they'll I no, think yeah, they'll they'll be known for doing the Miz just because. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. I think, or at least I think I do. I, I suspect it's going to really surprise a lot of people. I don't think people are going to be shocked that Anne Hathaway can sing. I think it's going to up 
the credibility. It's gonna it's gonna put of a couple it, of people. And this is sure. one of the reasons why Hollywood tends to love this kind of thing, which is, um, you know, if you're not familiar, it's easy to to kind of think that people are familiar with Hugh Jackman just because of all the high profile films he's in. But when he was doing, you know, his MC stuff and he can dance and sing and he's so multi-talented about stuff, this just kind of showcases it in a way. And maybe people aren't surprised at that. I think people would be but I, pretty I, surprised about Russell Crowe. I, I think they're going to look at him differently, though. Yeah, I, mean, I think – I think is, the, it's, it's not so much, I think, the fact that he wasn't already hugely famous, right? right? But now I think he will get a little bit more push and be – maybe famous in a different way and maybe that will help give him a bigger name. But I yeah. think probably when you first heard Hugh Jackman was going to be in right. it, everyone didn't go, oh, hooray, he'll be the perfect guy. Right, yeah. And and it's like the fact that he pulls everything off so well yeah. is is what's going to help him. And even even uh, several other people like that are in the movie, I mean like Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah, he's crying amazing out loud, in that. Is, yeah, is really, really good. good in it, and <clears throat> and he is definitely somebody who uh, you know needs a few people to take he him needs, more seriously. Yeah, because so. he he is a talented guy, right? You know, but and, even when he was in Hugo, and people were you know thinking he was good in that and everything, right. but still, it's like you put him in this, and everyone right. just goes, e -e -e, I don't know. Right. But he was he was really good. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Right. You know, I, I think like what you said, I think it, it has to open the possibilities and, and show that there's a few more roles that they could take if they wanted. But it, it I don't think anybody who starred in Les Mis hurt their career by showing well, that right. they can, you know, that they can right. sing and dance. And it's not like a lot of dancing, but, you know, that they have more to them than just, you know, special effects. Right. You and, know? you know, for Hugh Jackman, especially, I mean, Russell Crowe, I don't know, Russell Crowe has been in uh you know, diverse things before and mm -hmm. he has done well and yeah. he is maybe not somebody that, you know, people look to as the most serious, awesome yeah. thespian ever, right. but he has been in stuff before and he has proven that he can do a lot of stuff But Hugh Jackman. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he has done much right. where people went, yeah, he's like an awesome actor. Yeah. I mean, they went, you know, hooray Wolverine or, Right, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. he's no, been, he's, he's fun. Been in he's, a lot he's of fun other to stuff, watch. and he's yeah. and he's great. But yeah. I think this is a very different thing for him that yeah. you know can only help him. Yeah, I tons. Do too. Cool. Thank you. so much for taking the phone call. Oh no, I, I really for, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for calling in. That's calling awesome. in. All right. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye. I love the callers. That's always awesome. I love the colors too. That was that was really cool. And actually, um, you know, not that we were on Les Mis right then, but you know that it, many things you know come out of that that were yeah. The the thing when we're doing the show too is that you know when we try to be instant reaction review, we don't you know have our little flow chart and our, yeah, our no, graph we're, of we're what totally, we're going to talk about. So yeah, that's one it. of the things that I love about having listeners is that. Um, you know, as we go through stuff, I might forget to bring up certain things or, right. you know, we would not necessarily talk about, yeah. you know, other things about Lame Is because there's plenty of things that I want to talk about it. Right. Um, but so that was great. Um, but getting back to this 40, you know, we should we should, you know, wrap that movie yeah. up before we just leave well, it there's, aside. There's a couple things that, that stood out for me, at least about it, that are almost always these things that stand out for me about Judd Apatow's films, which are he's he's got a lot to say and he's got a very funny and distinct way of saying it. But he really needs to figure out what the most important things that he wants to convey in this particular film. Not not just this is forty, but whatever film he's right, working whatever on. Whatever particular film. And concentrate on it. You know, I, I had just to kind of feel um, to get in the I knew it was, you know, it's weird. The film was being called like a sequel or an offshoot, you know, or just like a, a sidestep of it, you know, and it's got the, it's got the a set of characters that were in um, Knocked Up. I watched Knocked Up again kind of recently. And I was like, you, I had, I had seen it when it first came out, but I hadn't seen it since. Right. And I was watching it and I was like, man, this thing's just kind of dragging and it doesn't really know how to pick it up again. And then, yeah. oh, it'll have a funny moment. But that funny moment is real fleeting because there's a there's a thing if you have a really funny movie that's longer than 90 minutes, unless you've got like a, 
like a crazy established star who's just going through like a character story that's funny all over the place. Right. You've got an arc to your story, and usually what people try to do, and Apatow certainly does it, is hits you and stabs you with the funny stick so much in the first 20 minutes to get you like laughing and this is going to be great, and then realizes you can't just keep doing, you know, fart jokes we just can't or unconventional, that. like I'm naked in the mall it's almost, it's and stuff like, like that. Like it's, it's almost a little bit like Ted. It in, is. It in, made me think of in Ted in that way. way kind of. Ted had a lot of momentum and a lot of stamina. And and Judd Apatow's film, both Knocked Up, which, I, like I said, I rewatched a little while ago, and then this, when I saw it, it's funny to a point, and then it just kind of like wants to be a different film. Now it's like, okay, we got that out of our system. Right. Now let's let's pretend we're grown up for a bit, and we'll talk about like this real life issue. Right. And there's little funny things sprinkled in there. And then we'll go into the serious thing, like, okay, in this film, you know, I'm in danger of losing my record company, and now my house is in danger, my marriage is in trouble, you know, all these things. And then it tries to, you know, pull out of the nosedive with gross humor again. Right. Like the scene you're talking about with him, you know, come take a look at my rear end and my legs are in the air. And it's supposed to be this really funny thing about, like, what the comfort of marriage is. And when you're with someone, you know, she wants passion, and he just wants to find out what's going on with his, you know, his ass. Right. And nobody wants to, you know, get involved with either of them. And it's funny for a second, but that went on way too long. Right. And that's kind of my my feeling about the film is that it had really good moments in it, but it just didn't. It just went on way too long. Right. Like it just didn't know when to be funny and when to not be funny. And it, well, it's almost it, like I guess what I'm trying to say is it wants to be like the supermarket. You know, it wants to be like whatever Walmart you've right, got. Exactly. You want to be able you want to be able to go get dinner, have your oil changed, maybe buy, you know, a, a new rug and have your hair done and get a family portrait. Like it wants to do everything in one compartmental thing and it's not it's not and, able to do it, it. And it's not pulling and by the time it's done it's not pulling off right, any of them. Right. And you feel and, all these different <clears throat> things cuz you've seen all these different avenues and you're just like, god, I just if you could have just focused on two of them right. instead of five, you know, right. it would have been okay. And you know the thing the thing that I think is a little bit strange is it's like he has a certain kind of comedy, like, you know, we obviously talked right. about that he's, you know, trying to comedy thing. But in another sense, you know, like you said, he's he's got a, two different kinds of comedy that he's trying to do at the same time. It's almost like, you know, if you're a huge fan of, like, British comedy shows, mm -hmm. there are some comedy shows that are just – hilarious yeah. and you will like never stop laughing and right. you will you know miss half of it and have to watch it again because yeah. you're laughing out loud the right. whole time right and there's another kind of british comedy where the show will end and you will go oh my god that was hilarious right. and the person sitting next to you will go what are you talking about you never <laughs> laughed you? Yeah. once right there's like you know yeah and it's like he's trying to have both of those movies mm -hmm. at the same time mm -hmm. And and he you know throws in these parts where he goes this is really funny and people laugh right but when he's trying to do the other thing yep and he's trying to what you're supposed to be laughing at or what you're supposed to be, think is funny you're not even supposed to be laughing maybe just what you're supposed to think is funny is like this whole situation that we keep talking about and it's supposed to be like at the end you think that was really funny right. And he doesn't get that to work at all, right. for me, anyway. Right. I mean, there were lots of parts where, you know, you had to kind of get through the movie. And right. I'm going, man, where's the payoff for this right. that I had to watch all this stuff? And it just didn't work. And he used to be able to do it. Yeah. And now I think he's just kind of gotten to a point where he just – you know, he believes his own hype or something. He just thinks, yeah, he, he's just at some place where he just goes, it's funny because I wrote it. Right. And, and I've got, <laughs> and he's had, he's had an amazing string of success. It's almost, it's almost in a way like watching, you know, there is, there is a bit of a hierarchy. Um, it, there's a bit of a hierarchy to stuff and I'm not necessarily putting one over the other, but I think conceptually, I think people see Adam Sandler movies as being like real low bottom stuff. Like he's just always this Especially man child. Now, for right. sure, yeah. He's just this ridiculous man child who smells his own farts and right. like he has to go to a big high function dinner and that's going to be the joke. Right. Judd Apatow is a, is a step above that, you know, maybe conceptually, but he's actually kind of like that. He's always telling the exact same story about this big goofy man child, whether it's the 40 year old virgin or, you know, Seth Rogen in, you know, Knocked Up, who's this, you know, who's having to grow up with something. It's the same story he keeps telling. 
over and over again. And in in when I was watching This Is Forty, I'm like, he's he's really the new, you know, he's really the new Happy Gilmore. Right. You know, to me, and and I don't mean it in a negative way or a positive way. It's just an observation that he just is in this story and he can't stop telling it. Right. And he's just finding new people to fill the roles for it. And that's all well and good. I think the best of his films when he did it, combining what I was saying about being really funny and then being really like emotional and, and kind of dramatic for a story was the 40 year old virgin. Yeah. It, it had the perfect and that balance. One actually and that one just, really worked. That one, first of all, wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't that bad. And you know, it's like he's moved on to this point where he goes, now we have to have certain parts that are all deep and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So we have to work that in more too. Right. And that will be right. part of the whatever. Right. Um, but when you had, you know, the 40 year old virgin, which you know I didn't think was awesome either, but it was definitely it was a breath of far better funnier, right? yeah, than the stuff that was out. And you had the right people working it, like I said yeah. before. You know, you have you uh, crazy talent on that movie. You you had the right people doing the right kinds of things, and when you were in a different part of the movie or a different sort of focus, you had people around that part who could make that work. Right. And when you were having, you know, just kind of the goofy, you know, whatever. Yeah, and. Um, Steve Carroll is one of those guys, obviously, because it's like the whole basis of the office. Right. That when you can you can just watch him be awkward and and, and yeah. then keep watching him do it yeah. longer. Right? right. I mean that's right. that's like that whole show. It is. Is he does just some, watching him as Michael? He mess does up some something. you know dumbass awkward thing, <laughs> yeah. or you know, given that he's the person in charge of the office, he does whatever it is that your boss can't actually right. do and then we just watch him do it for a while right. and he can make that work and pull yeah. it off and i just don't know that we have those people here no. in this movie that can that can deliver what this movie's trying to yeah. deliver it, it it's interesting if you're if you're a married couple you know you may have a date night you get you get a sitter to watch the kids or you know you just go out and you want to go see a film you may in fact you know wind up going to see this movie and maybe it's more funny if you if you're in that life, right. you know maybe it's one of these things that and I am, and it wasn't any funnier. But <laughs> well, there you go. So, right, then. so right, we got that. Well, except that the thing is that there's a very weird kind of way that this movie is sort of working against itself. In that, you know, it's supposed to be that. Uh, you know, the whole observational thing and you watch this movie and it's, there's all these parts where it's throwing out these kind of cliches and then, mm-hmm. and then also definitely non cliche things right. where you're going, but see, this is what it's really like or whatever. Right. So there's all this stuff happening where it's supposed to be these observational moments where you go, this is what it's like to be married at 40. Right. And I'm watching the movie going, yep, <laughs> but it ain't funny. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like, yeah, that, that's how that happens. Maybe, and then, yeah. and then your, you know, your wife gets <laughs> upset at you for this or that, or right. and then you know the guy's point of view is this, and you go, yeah, that's kind of how that happens. Right. But you're not making me laugh about anything. Maybe, maybe it would be more funny for you if it was being like if your marriage was being filmed. Maybe that's what it is. Just more funny when someone else has a camera in front of them. Right. It's just it, because it, it's you know not me. the other the other kind of you know it's just I'm not going to go into deep stuff about it. It's just there were funny things. Uh, there were definitely funny things about the film, and even when it's not being funny, those moments some of them really work. But there's so many of them because it's such a long story, and then it just kind of hits this rhythm of you know Judd's films where you know like in again like the Forty Year Old Virgin like there's this big climax at the end of the film where you know the the main character is like biking away to try to figure out all this stuff and i'm just like this is you know you're going to do this in every film you're going to i mean I, apparently judd apatow really loves riding his bicycle right because he puts it in every movie as a big catalytic kind of film right moment and and, and you like, know I feel that, like i've seen them all that now. was easily the worst for me anyway part of this movie yeah that was really the worst part of the movie because everything that happened about it, it was almost like um, we get there's this key sort of moment towards the mm-hmm. end, and uh, Paul Rudd rides his bike off, it, you know, to get away, or right. you know, I don't even know what the, he's like having a think. I guess right, yeah, he and, needs to get and, away, and he's doing yeah. it on his bicycle, and he runs into a car, and the whole mm-hmm. thing. 
And as soon as, you know, somebody like says, where is he or something, there's like a part where somebody says, well, where did he go? Or, right. or he, you know, takes off on the bike. It was almost like at that moment, the movie like turned into a cartoon. Yeah. It was just such a he goofy thing. It was so like poorly written. Everything it everyone very, said. Yeah. It was all forced. You couldn't believe yeah. anyone would say. It was It, it, was, it was just <laughs> like at that moment, we we just gave up on right. our characters and right. how would they really act or what would they do or, yeah. or whatever. That was just a bizarre. And it's thing. funny. Cause you know, as you're writing, you know, you want to get this to, you know, like a hospital. That's where you want your big right. announcement of stuff is. So how do I get him there from a birthday party? Right. I love biking. <laughs> and I just love that he doesn't live in like Whoville. You know, it's not like there were four roads they could have picked and eventually found him. He's in like LA. Right. And they've managed to find him. And he's clearly in the movie. I mean, this is the most nitpicky thing, but he's clearly in the movie, like riding where he shouldn't be, clearly zip zipping through roads and going arbitrarily and emotionally down this road. And I'm going to pedal fast, and right. they find him. And like in L.A., they just like right. discover him, and you know, then right? They, he's he's not like just so uh, weird. this is the route I always take or whatever, yeah, and right. stuff like that. And they and they found him. And I, you know, you the know, other thing that was weird about that scene for me, yeah. And now this could just be me, but I would think that, I would think you would set that thing up a little differently somehow. And you know, the guy has to crash his bike. How could right. you, there's eight million ways you could set up he crashes his bike, right? right? But so the guy opens his door <laughs> and he runs into the door, right? And the thing that's running through my mind is, but you're wrong. You did right. run into his door. Right. He, you were like flying down the thing, and, and it's to- a, yeah. and, and it is your fault. And I'm thinking I need that situation to not be his fault, right? And have the other person be mad at him and claiming it's his fault when it's really not his right. fault. You've lived in big cities, that though, is like... a better story. I right. Think. <laughs> I mean that that makes yeah. that scene work better. Wow. But when you're just sitting there going, well, but it is your fault, and he's got this whole. Pissed off this about it. Judd, uh, my my last thing that I thought was interesting worth I'm noting pro- is, all the bikers hate me right now. Well, you've lived in big cities, you know. There's a bike lane, and if you're in it, you've got it. You're actually responsible for the person. Like it's actually like skiing. When you're going down a mountain on skis, you're responsible for the person right in front of you. Right. If you're if you're on a bike, the person in front of you is the person responsible for you. They have to be aware of you behind you. Like you're not always supposed to be like dodging cars, opening their doors at lightning speed that was actually kind of painful to watch because i'm like on my bike a lot and i'm like man that guy sucked he tried to kill him yeah whatever all right my last my last thing that i thought uh, i wanted to say which was uh you know judd apatow and leslie man the female lead they've yeah. got a couple kids and those are the kids in the film and they were awesome yeah like those right. kids actually steal every scene they're in together one of them is always like hyper emotional teen screaming yelling Cursing. The cursing thing was actually that right. scene was really funny. And the younger kid is just like this. Like she's the most passive Machiavelli I've ever seen. Like right. she seems to know how to fix everything, but she's just more interested in just trying to get kids to play with her. Um, the kids were great. Like that's that's my last. I think a lot. Of the, I was very amused. A at lot them. of the other people in the film were really good, but they didn't get that much of a chance to be good. I was glad John um, Lithgow wasn't in it too much. That uh, character would have been really boring if there had been too, too much. But. Right. He was he <laughs> was pretty good in it, but I feel like just really kind of wasted on overplaying that right. idea. I waited. I was, I was amused that it didn't happen and kind of glad because it's kind of cliche anyway, but I was kind of waiting for Catherine Heigl or Seth Rogen to make an appearance right. somewhere. You know, and it, it just didn't happen. So, right. Sorry I, if that ruins the film for anybody. I, I thought that it was interesting. Like I was waiting for, I was waiting in a different way for the uh, Lithgow version because I was waiting for his character to kind of more solidify into something better than just right. this really far gone version yeah. of the dad who doesn't pay right. any attention to you or I just want my dad to love me right. and all this yeah. stuff. And it was. I was like, somehow I feel like that's going to come together better. I was trying to find somebody, too. And, you know, actually the Megan Fox thing was kind of The Megan Fox interesting. thing was, I thought it was And funny. now that was one of the first things in the movie, yeah. if I'm kind of remembering correctly, that I actually thought was pretty funny. 
Yeah. That was one of the first things where you're like stuck with these people and there's non-really funny stuff happening. And then it's like, well, let's sit here and watch the security camera. And then it's like, is he? Are they? Yeah. Right. And the other the other coworker that she had working for her, right. um, the Asian the Asian woman it was that the last scene that you get with her was not funny it was like serial killer scary right it was like really like this it, it weird was really thing just weird in, and it just it, it's one more thing that is interesting if you really like Judd Apatow's films you're gonna love it you know but I was like right. kind of put off I'm like where does that belong in this movie like, right. that was really unnecessary and um, the one other person that I want to mention because I'm a big fan is uh, Chris O'Dowd was yeah. in the movie and yeah. he was really good yeah and he almost kind of drove me crazy in this movie because yeah. he got so little to, to do, do, even though we're really kind of focusing on that part. And he was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he's unlike a huge fan of his, actually, from the IT crowd, right. which is a hilarious show. But anyway, but he was he was really pretty good. But it was just that it was like we had so many parts. Yeah. That in the end we had no idea what to do with any of the parts right. anymore. It was like we couldn't even remember why we wanted the part. It's like we have these good actors. We had there were lots of, you know, this is like a script that comes together from napkins. Right. You know, it's like you're in the bar. Here's an idea of something that could happen in that movie. Right. And then you just have like a thousand of those, and then you go now write it all together into a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're done doing it, it's you know you can't even remember what was funny about that when you wrote it down because right. you did and it. Yet you're still sticking it right. in. Right. You did it. It would be like if you and I went to a bar and we were having a drink and we were cracking each other up, and it's funny as hell right, right. then. And then later we're like, why was that so funny? Right. Well, it was happy hour, <laughs> right. and we were both in the very funny mood of a music. Right. You know, and, I mean, and it, not a that, moment. Not that great ideas don't come out of that, but this We've the had way feel. this screenplay worked, right. right? It's just like we had all these little pieces, yeah. and we're cramming them together, and half of them we don't even right. remember why we liked them as ideas, but right. I'll stick it in anyway, yeah. and it just didn't work for me at all. Well, we got, you know, we should, we yeah, should we jump way, to Les Mis. Even though we did a bunch of fun it. stuff with Brian when he called in, we can, we can do the last 10 minutes on Les Mis and, right. you know, yeah. see how it goes. But So, um, okay, so officially, you know, Bing switching to Les Mis. Yeah. Um, and now that we have talked about it a little, and it's funny that we talked about some of the people who are in it. The main thing that I want to say about this, because everyone is going to, because I have to get this out there, just okay. like I said, you know, we'll forget to talk about stuff because we'll just ramble right, on. Right, we'll go. I I loved it. I didn't necessarily think it was the best movie of the year because there are like several other movies that I actually want to like more than it. But it was really, really good. But um, here's the thing that I want to say about it. I don't think that this sells the story as well as like the movie with uh, Jeffrey Rush and Liam Neeson and uh, who, who else was in that? I think even Claire Danes was in that. It's like 98 or something. What, Shine? No. No, Les Mis. Oh, I'm like, wait just, a minute. What are you talking about? Just the, reg- the regular about. movie version of, oh, of Les Mis. Oh, I you're saying. I don't think that it actually sells you the story quite as well as it ought to because when you get to, you know, hopefully I'm just going to take the position that this is a movie that I cannot ruin for anyone. Probably not. Because you, you just need to know what happens in this movie or I I don't really care. I'd never seen the, I'd never seen the Broadway play, but I knew what happened. Right. I mean, it's It's just just a, it's a social osmosis thing. It's the same as the book and you either have read the book or a summary of it, or you know what happens or whatever. Right. But, um, when we get to the part, uh, where, uh, Javert commits suicide. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you get it as much right. in this movie. A- and in the in that original movie that I'm talking about, when uh, Jeffrey Rush is Javert, Javert and Liam Neeson is Jean Valjean, right? Man, when he kills himself in that movie, yeah, you're like, you, you oh, get I understand right. what this movie is trying to tell me. Right. Like, I understand what the point is, and you yeah. know, all of the things that we're trying to say, and and you know the whole story comes down to him killing himself mm-hmm. and and when he does it it to- it like flips your whole 
world of watching this movie. It, yeah. it, it like changes everything you were thinking about. About you know, it's the fact that he comes down to this you know conundrum basically mm-hmm. that he has to kill himself over right. because he is so focused on just doing whatever the law tells him. Right. And we finally get to the point where he just has a moral He's dilemma a choice, about right, that. Right. And he goes, you know, it actually turns out, even though I've been hunting this guy for <laughs> right. the last, like, you know, 25 years or whatever the hell it is, right. that, like, he can't bring himself to do it. Right. It, it actually would be morally wrong for me to do the thing that I'm supposed to do. Right. And when you you really get like the sell of that in in yeah. the other movie that I'm talking about, and not that this movie isn't great and everything is done really well, and it's okay the, if it doesn't do this pe- part. Right? The people yeah. are amazing, you yeah. know. But when you know, it just doesn't hit you. Yeah. Kind of at, when we get to that kind of conclusion yeah. point, and that happens. It's just like kind of, oh, oh well, flat. there he goes, and he killed himself, right. and you're like, oh, well, okay. I don't know. It right. just For me, it just was like – they and maybe this is just exactly the way it is in the Broadway play, too. Oh, I, don't yeah, I don't know. But it, it just did not come together for me as much as I wanted it to because it's it, – you know, it's one of the most awesome things, you know, in the history of literature mm-hmm. that has ever happened. Right. I want it to happen really right. well in the movie, it. right? But other than that, I mean, it was unreal. <laughs> and like we were talking about um, Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe. And like you said, you know, you've got like Anne Hathaway and like uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Right. When you're looking at this movie and you go, okay, who's in it and what role are they in? Right. And you go, okay, well, I mean, Anne Hathaway will probably pull that off pretty yeah. well. And, you know, you'd like look through the list, but you you start going uh, Russell Crowe and uh, Hugh Jackman and especially, you know, like Sasha Baron Cohen. Right. You know, there are some other people, but you're like, am I completely scared to death to go see this movie (laughs) where Wolverine is going to now convince me that. Right. He's like, especially if it's, it's, you know, you're going into it and you already love this story. Yeah. And you're, you know, scared of somebody ruining it or something. You know, it's like when the uh, new Star Wars movie comes out and they start telling you that, you know, like (laughs) Pee Wee Herman is playing. Right. (laughs) Whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. You look at that and you're like, Hugh Jackman, come on. And man, I was so blown away by everyone in it. it, It's a weird thing for me. In a way, I kind of have to do what you do whenever we do like a horror film. Like I I saw this film and it was heavy and it was huge and it was beautiful looking, you know, and everything's really working on so many ways. But it's not my kind of film. Like, or at least not my type of, um, which is a strange kind of, you know acceptance about this but it's even not my type of musical like typically if i'm enjoying a musical or i want to watch a musical it's right not it's like, like regular this. most of the time right and then sometimes they sing and then they break out into the song right. instead of you know it reminded me it, it, it reminds yeah, right. it reminds me of like when you're watching a foreign film and you it takes a few minutes of for me it takes a few minutes of awkward transition to get used to quickly reading the bottom while watching them Right. Their lips move in a language I don't get. Right. But absorbing the action and trying to – and then like 10 minutes in, I'm like doing it automatically. Right. For the first few minutes, it was really hard just to hear them singing. And the fact is like there's so much to be – it would have been a very easy thing for and me that to first criticize. Scene too. That's that, that first scene where it's like they're also you know playing the music with the chain right. kind of. It's right. Like and it's even this another amazing, step. And right. then the visual – like gravity of the whole thing is everywhere. That's an amazingly fun thing to watch. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it, it, it's like, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I may not be the best judge of it, but I respect everything that they did because there were so many things choice wise that they made that could have easily been a really bad choice. Like having the actors like them really sing in those, in those moments, there's no lip syncing. Right. And I knew that before I watched. I knew some production stuff, which, which is they which just, is like yeah. If you if you amazing. don't know that if you don't know that that is what's happening when you're watching it, it right. It just kind of seems like you know there's so many musicals that get made into movies, mm-hmm. and 
you know, none of them do this. No, none of them. They all they all lip sync, you right. know, to it, or they'll you know they lip sync and then overdub in. And this one they did like I guess to piano accompaniment, and then the orchestra stuff came in later. But they in there are moments where they don't hit every note perfectly. Right. Like there are emotional moments or you can tell they're running out of it, breath or yeah, right. this is an amazingly ambitious thing to attempt anyway. And you've got actors like there are these times when Hugh Jackman in the beginning, when he rips up the, when he rips up the paper and throws it and you have a yeah. weird forest gump moment, the veins in his entire body, he's expelling every amount of air that he can to carry right, this note right. as long as he has to, to get to the, to the mark. Right. And he looked like he was going to faint. Like he there was pushing are, his diaphragm so hard to get the notes out. It was amazing. One of the things that I like best about this, which is going to probably for some people sound like the dumbest thing ever, especially if you're like musical fans or whatever. But one of the things that I liked best about this music were there were three or four different scenes where Hugh Jackman sings actually kind of badly. Yeah. And it, it it does not sound great. No. You know, it, there are parts, um, you know, not that he's horrible. There are plenty of parts where he is doing an amazing job, I think. Yeah, yeah. He is singing a lot better than I would right. think that he would sing anyway. But there are some key scenes where he's singing and it ends up just not sounding good. Mm-hmm. And I loved those right. scenes. They were more important than the ones where because he Because yeah. it was... It was so real right. that it's like, right now, I'm not singing that great. Mm-hmm. I'm busy with this emotion right. or, or whatever, else, right? right? Yeah. And or I'm, you know, straining under the weight of just seeing something happening that right. I'm supposed to be singing about. And, and that and kind of comes right. through in the fact yeah. that he doesn't sing that yeah. great right now. Instead of just going, look, everybody sing beautifully right. all of the time or you know right. whatever, and they just let that go. They let it go. They, yeah, they, don't they go, didn't you know, fix it. Do they that didn't again. It. Right, right. I thought that was great. It was. It was very ambitious. The the whole movie, both from the aesthetic of it, which I have no idea how they convey all of these amazing things on Broadway, but Broadway is you know. They've right. been in business for a while. I'm sure they get it right. They know what they're doing. But yeah. to do that, you know, in some way, if I have to say something negative easily about the film, it was without having seen the Broadway play, as I said before, it almost seemed like the movie too too hard in a, in a fashion. I guess what I'm trying to stammer out is that they seem too dedicated to translating the play into a movie instead of just making the movie. Right. I agree. And there were, there were parts in the film where... I was disengaged. I wasn't as interested. And it was when I thought about it, you know, after the fact, I thought, well, it was because it basically seemed like it was trying, not in a homage way, but just in a, clearly this is the way it's got to be done, so we're going to do it. Right. And it, dis- exactly. it doesn't work. I, I, it probably works I for the stage. I completely agree. But yeah. it doesn't work for film. And I agree those completely. Are, those are there. There were several parts that stand out that you are, you do just kind of get hit with this. It's almost like there's just a slight shift in a like a scene. Where, you know, it's like this scene, there's no way to make this scene work really, or, or we should do this or, you know, adjust things somehow, maybe, and, and we just don't. Right. We're We're just going to go go through with it. This is how it's supposed to be in the musical. And so this is how it's going to be. And like I said, I haven't seen the musical, but you can still tell where those parts are. I could go see it now and say, this is is where that happens. And there's just, you know. As much as that's great, I think, mm-hmm. to try and go, look, we're going to make the movie of it. Right. And, you know, that means something more than we build a big ship right. or CGI right. in a big right. ship or whatever the hell we do, Man, right? It was enormous. It, you know, there's more to the idea that we're making this into a movie than, you know, so, you know we pull away or now mm-hmm. we're acting standing on top of a mountain or there's right. really a big building here right you have to also make decisions that make for a good movie and right. you have to sometimes you have to go look this needs to be a little different one one quick thing i wish they had done too which they didn't they they seem to pay a great amount of attention to the surroundings whether it was the ship the locks the the you right. know the, the towns the wherever they were in everything looked beautiful I was kind of bored looking at people because it was always the same, like, real square flat on your face right. point of view, a- except every once in a while you were supposed to look up at Russell Crowe looking down at you. But it was it was kind of, like, unengaging in, in ways, which yeah. was kind of weird, but 
it, you know, it has there, there are some problems with it, aspect so. of it, but it's pretty brilliant. But it is and actually but, really good. So, um, so we need to get out of here really quickly. I throw out stars quick. So, for, okay, this is forty. This is forty. I, I'm like one and a half to two, somewhere around there. Like, I thought it was. I, I think maybe like one and a half. I I'm think. pretty happy with it just being average. You know, it's two and a half. Yeah, yeah. I I, I couldn't stand it. Um, a lot more than you. I mean, okay. there were there was so much and of it that I just didn't think anything was funny. Lame is. I think four and a half. You you had a little bit more for it than I did. I thought you know I had about three and a half. Three so, and a half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So not okay. my kind of film. So, but I really appreciated the hell out right. of it. Right. It's I, an amazing I, thing. So I appreciate after horror Absolutely. movies. That yeah. That's see, completely I, I, fair. I defer to you on right. this one probably more to me. So. Um, so we are going to wrap up before time runs out. Thanks so much again Thanks for again. tuning in. Happy holidays, everybody. And yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy right. holidays. We'll be back next week. All right. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.